Welcome into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. As a CFP, I'm trained in taxes, retirement planning, estate planning, insurance, investing. Any money question is fair game. My favorite part of the show is when you call. So get your calls on the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. You can email me, go to chadburton.com or just email me, chad at chadburton.com if you're too shy to call. And at chadburton.com, you can also sign up for the Retirement Planning Wealth Preservation event that I'm doing Thursday, September 13th with Rob Black, the morning show host. That's going to be 6 to 9 p.m. at Toll House Hotel. So sign up, or if you email me, say you listen to the Monday show, I'll put you on the list for free. So check that out. Everything you need to know about retirement, planning, preserving your assets, healthcare costs, all that stuff that you need to know if you're in retirement or going to retire in the next 10 years. And I want to sum the markets up for you here. S&P 500, NASDAQ, everything was just flat today. Just flat. Let me sum it up for you. Markets at a multi-year high. We're not quite to the 2007 high, but it's getting there. And this is after even a quarter where revenue for over 40% of the company's S&P 500 was down versus the same quarter last year. And even though we've got a storm in the Gulf affecting about 6% of U.S. oil supply, even though China's stock market was down 1.8% on slowing Growth. I mean, let's face it, it's still growing 7 plus percent. Probably going to, over the next 12 months, give you a buying opportunity for the next five years. But there's concern on Chinese bank loans that were out there today. That was kind of what we woke up with this morning. And even though the German business confidence dropped for the fourth month in a row, and even though we've got an obvious fiscal tax cliff and a debt ceiling debate, which includes deep spending cuts coming up at the end of the year, even though with all that, the market's pushing upwards. But like briefing.com said this morning when I woke up and read the page one report, no worries, Ben Bernanke speaks on Friday regarding a potential another round of quantitative easing. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to get into this worldwide race to continue to print money, devalue currencies to grow out of it. People need to deleverage. They need to feel the pain. So right now, the market is pricing in quantitative easing in Europe and quantitative easing here in the United States. We'll talk about what that means in a minute. Because first, we've got to give really kind of more of a breakdown on this fiscal tax cliff that we're going to see. And you need to know this. I mean, you've got to – I don't care what side of the fence that you're on, Republican, Democrat, Libertarian, somewhere in the middle. Our government is spending too much money. Way too much money. The current tax system is a joke. It really, really is. But at the same time, you can't go through austerity measures and cut your way out of this. You can't do it. Austerity doesn't work. There's no economic system that says it does. The thing that would work is to do a 10-year spending freeze where government, state, and federal can't increase their budgets for 10 years. Don't do it. Don't allow them to do it. Say work within the budget that you have now. If you can't, you're fired. And then stimulate the economy. You have to stimulate the economy. You've got to grow your way out of this. And again, if, if we go on this current path with big government and systems like Medicare that are broken and full of fraud, and uh, you know we're going to feed more people onto the Medicare system starting next year, I don't get it. It's, it's just not going to work. 
And you've got to realize what type of a fiscal situation that we are in because we're fine right now, but in 10 to 15 years, we're worse than Spain and Italy. Keep that in mind when you're – I mean all you have to do is look at a chart on how much the balance sheet of the Federal Reserve has grown since QE1, quantitative easing one was done. And then QE2. I mean look at all the debt that the Federal Reserve owns more debt than China. This is a serious problem. And this is why this election is extremely important and why you need to really know what's going on with this fiscal cliff that you hear about. So it seems to me like right now it's almost like the market is is pricing in some sort of a you know a, this fiscal debt this fiscal cliff being dealt with appropriately before the end of the year and and also quantitative easing. So you're pushing up to a point where the S&P 500 is up over 13% year to date on not a lot of changes in fact on falling revenue, consumer spending has fallen a little bit. I'm, I'm looking positive over the longer term, but just, in, just realize in the meantime, there's still a lot of headwinds. So I'm telling people that if they have something that they need to sell, especially if there's a gain in that stock, and they can qualify for 15% tax gains this year, and they know they're going to need to spend the money within the next 12 months, pull the gains off the table. If you have something that you need to spend, either you know, college education, uh, you know, pay off your mortgage that's almost paid off, whatever it is. If you plan on spending that money in the next six to 12 months and it's sitting in a stock that has a gain, I'd, I'd, I'd pull the trigger. Pull enough gains to, to, to pay for what you're going to need to pay for. Because you have to realize when you're managing your wealth that if it's money that you need in the next short term, which is under three years in stocks, missing out on the upside, it's not fun. Getting hit with the downside when you need the money makes all the difference in the world. It hurts, and you never recover. If you have to sell after a correction, you're never going to recover that. So keep that in mind. And I'm not saying panic out or anything else because also looking at these markets at multi-year high, highest point since uh, well, sometime back in 2008 prior to the big, big drop-off of a cliff, those of you that cashed out in 2007, 2008, you have now lost money. Balanced portfolios are higher. You have lost money. You did not make a wise decision because you sold out. You thought you were a genius and you never got back in. And that that's a mistake. And that's some you know gains that you'll probably never get back. So I'm not talking about telling people to panic and sell out and go to cash. That never, ever works. But let's talk about what this fiscal tax cliff means so that those of you that are listening – and that know that they need to peel something off their portfolio. Maybe you have a concentrated stock position at a company that's finally had a run up. You know you need to sell. You know you have capital gains, and you know the capital gains are going up next year. You might want to pull some off the table now that you're at a market high. That's when you sell. So what happens in January 2013 if this fiscal tax cliff is reached? It's not only increase in taxes, but it's big spending cuts, which will result in more job losses. So $55 billion defense spending cut. And by the way, I mentioned briefing.com. They've got a great great breakdown of the cliff on their big picture report today. So check that out, briefing.com, big picture report. $55 billion in defense spending cuts from current projections. Dividend taxes on stocks jump from 15% to your income tax rate, which is 39.3%. Long-term capital gains rates go from 15 to 20%. And remember, you know, basically that's, that's a tax that's well over 50% because corporations also pay taxes. 
I don't mind. You know, look, we're going to have to give and take in certain places. If the capital gains rate goes to 20% and the dividend tax goes to 20%, I think that both sides of the table need to come up to an agreement so that something happens because we're going to have to freeze spending and increase taxes over time, just not right away. The market wants certainty. But it's not just that. Employee contributions to Social Security goes back to 6.2% on the first 110000 up from 4.2%. So basically people that you know, you're paying into the system, your taxes are going to go up an additional 2% on your first $110,000 of wages. Child tax credit's going to be lowered. It's going to be cut in half. The top estate tax rises from 35 to 55%. AMT tax, it's going to kill a bunch of you in California. The, the, the alternative minimum tax the level at which that tax applies is going to drop significantly next year. So more and more tax filers are going to pay the AMT. So that means, you know, even people that live in states, not like, like people that are listening to the show in Seattle, a lot of people in California already pay AMT because of the large property taxes and other deductions that they take on the federal return. Well, guess what? People that don't have income taxes like the state of Washington, they're going to start paying AMT too in, in many cases. Um, unemployment benefits, they're only going to be for 26 weeks rather than the recently extended level of 99 weeks. Um, doctor payments for Medicare patients, they could drop 27%. Also, there's going to be a 0.9% and a 3.8% surtax on capital gains and dividends, um, for high income earners as a result of the affordable care act. And the congressional budget office, most economists, they agree that the economy is going to drop into a recession if this is ignored, if it doesn't get dealt with. Now, the problem is, is with the result of the timing, and the problem is also the election results. There's a, there's a website, intrade.com. Now, I don't know the relevance of it, and I'm not sure. You know, it's really today when I was reading this, the first time I've seen intrade.com, but they suggest that there's about a 43% chance of a Romney victory, 20% probability of a Romney win coupled with a Republican sweep of Congress. 20%. So the idea that you'll have a unified Congress that comes together and makes a quick decision right after the November elections, only 25%. So keep this in mind. There's a 75% chance of a divided government following the election, period. If the Republicans do a sweep, stock market, probably going to like it. They'll think it's no tax increases, no immediate spending increases. Got to say, it's a good thing. This this gridlock, I used to vote for gridlock. It hasn't worked. It's backfired. The biggest situation that we have to deal with in this country right now is not health care. It's, it's not whether or not people of the same sex should be able to get married. It, it, none of that matters in 10 years if we don't deal with the fiscal problems that this country has. Got to deleverage got to get spending under control. You have to realize that. Otherwise, in 10 years, 10 to 15 years, good luck. So again, I'm positive that it will get dealt with because the problems are so well known. I just don't think it'll get dealt with by January 1st. I just, I'm, I'm not seeing that happen. So what's that mean? All it means is getting back to my point that if you're in retirement or close to retirement, you need three years worth of your expenses in cash. Plain and simple to get you through any market corrections as a result of our politicians continuing to screw up. 
Or if you're, you know, if you don't need three years of expenses, maybe you're just a working family and you need six to 12 months worth of expenses in cash, have that. And also if you need to sell something out of your stock portfolio to pay for something that's important for your family in the next 12 months, I would say take the gains now. We know what the capital gains are. We know the market's at, you know, up quite a bit for the year. So go with the certainty, rebalance the portfolio. Don't be afraid of international investments as well. we'll talk a little bit more after that. I want to get your calls on the air. Love to talk to you, hear your opinion. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. That's 800-516-1220. Got a call from Anna. I'm a little too shy to get calls on the air, but she wanted to wanted me to address something. She was asking... I was talking about the issue before the break on, you know, the uncertainties, the headwinds that we have coming towards the end of the year. A lot of things going on in Europe this next month. A lot of things are going to happen overseas in the month of September. We've got Bernanke talking on Friday regarding another round of quantitative easing, but we still have this fiscal tax. Really what is holding back CEOs around the country from small, especially in the small business world where most of our jobs are really holding them back. And all I'm saying is that money that you need in the next 12 months should not be in stocks right now. So if you have gains on a concentrated stock position and you're going to need to sell it to live off of it or spend it, especially if they're long-term gains, take it now. You know long-term gains are taxed at 15%. Short-term gains of stocks or mutual funds that you've held less than a year, that's going to be taxed at ordinary income no matter if it's so it's more important to look at the stocks to have the long-term gains that you have concentrated stock positions are. I mean, look, I love Apple stock. Love Apple stock. I think that they've got a lot going for them. I think it's a very cheap tech stock. I think that they'll have another boost. If they decide to split their stock and increase their dividend more consistently, I think it'll be more attractive for even more funds out there. But look at the rise that it's had. It's responsible for a huge portion of the gains in the S&P 500. Take out Apple from the S&P 500, and the gains would be cut at least in half for the year. If you're sitting on some Apple stock and you know you've had a good gain, you know you, you know what the taxes are going to be next year. Well, you don't know what the taxes are going to be next year. You know what they're going to be now, 15%. So if you need the money the next 12 months, do it. It is definitely a tougher decision if it's a short-term capital gain if you sell it. Um, if it, you know, if it's good, you've get, really got to weigh what your risk is, but just keep in mind that even if it's a short-term capital gain tax at a higher level, you know what you have right now. You can calculate what your after-tax return is and what you'll have in your pocket. And so you have to think to yourself, the stock could go higher and you could hold it for the long term and pay a little bit ta- less taxes. What if the stock tanks towards the end of the year and you've held on to it? Is getting hit with the downside 
hurt more? Does it, is that scarier than missing out on some upside? So you do have to make that decision. It's definitely a tougher decision if you have short-term capital gains. And, you know, there's all this stuff going on now versus, you know, Bush versus Obama spending and who's better, who is worse. Here's, here's what the issues are, is that we are spending over 40% of our gross domestic product. Bush, being a Republican, was not by any means a fiscal conservative. He wasn't even close. He would make a fiscal conservative throw up. <laughs> so you, you can't – it doesn't matter who's who. It doesn't matter Republican, Democrat. You've got to make sure that how you're voting, you've got to vote for people that are focused on our long-term prosperity and getting spending under control. That will eventually include fixing the tax system. But at first, it has to include freezing spending, stimulating, and then going back and trimming the fat and getting rid of the the waste that's in government. Just keep that in mind. All right, I wanted to do a little bit on, uh, now that we've talked about the long-term issues, it makes me think of my kids. Because again, I I manage money for a living. That's what I do. New Focus Financial, uh, we manage money for high net worth families. And I still don't stop to think. You know, they're going to give us good returns in the long run, and these problems are known. I'm also a very positive person that think that these problems are so well known, we will get them dealt with because this is America. We will get these things dealt with, and I think we'll still have very nice returns over the next several decades in stocks. Um, I think a lot of the bigger returns could come from overseas because a lot of stocks that are overseas, like I mentioned show after show, are trading at much more attractive valuations. So I would say definitely increase your exposure overseas, but do not big gains in the next six months because they're still going through pain. Look at China, for example. China's giving opportunities to, to move into that area because they're slowing down so much compared to the growth rates that they had. But um, you're still going to have nice returns in stocks. I'm just trying to scare people into voting for fiscal conservatives. So I'm not trying to scare you out of the market. hope that makes sense. Now that I've tilted the length of the seg- next segment, I will talk a little bit about kids and how do you teach kids about money because it's important i mean we've kind of gone through this debt bubble that we've seen at the personal level but now the government's doing it now you got to teach kids about money because it's just not happening in the school so we're going to talk a little bit about that coming up after the break don't forget i've got a seminar thursday september 13th at the toll house in los gatos not a cookie shop but the toll house hotel you can sign up at uh, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. If you want to get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. Take a quick break and be right back. AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back into Money 2.0. I'm your host, Chad Burton, Certified Financial Planner. If you want to get your calls in the air, love to talk to you. If you have a money question, taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, investing, any money question, get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. For the last couple of episodes, we wanted to get to uh, kids. It's back to school time, obviously. The kid's already back in school. Summer's over. Can you believe it? August is almost done. So... A lot of things coming up, including kids back to school, but 
this is also kind of the time where they end up asking for clothes, asking for, heck, in some cases, the, the iPad and other things. So how do you teach them about money so they don't become what essentially we became? We became a generation of entitlement. We became a generation that thought right when they graduated from college they should have the same cars and homes that their parents have now after working a lifetime. Essentially end up with kind of a broke generation that's now afraid to vest in stocks because of all the bubbles that we've gone through. So how do you teach my kids about, I mean, I don't know about you, but I got out of high school and not one, the, the only personal finance that we had is, I remember a class where they taught us how to write a check and I, I think balance your checkbook. That was it. They didn't talk about debt. They didn't talk about credit cards, investing, mutual funds, things like that. So hopefully that's starting to change. There is a ton of colleges now giving uh, courses and degrees in personal finance, but still it's tough. I mean, where do you start? I even struggle with this myself. I've been in the business for, it's my 19th year in the business and you know how I teach kids about money and it's tough. You know, I, I'm at work all day long, you know, 10, 12 hours a day talking to people about money. And then when I come home, it's about the last thing that I want to talk about. So I really have to force myself to sit down with the kids and talk to them about money. So what are some websites now that everything's so web-based and the kids want to do and learn online? What are some of the websites out there? So I'm going to give you a couple. Now in the past, we've talked about Secret Millionaire Club. That's kind of Warren Buffett's funded website to teach kids about money that kind of was put up several years ago, and it looks like it's starting to be um, developed again. Somebody's working on it a little, looks like. So that's the Warren Buffett one, and sometimes you hear the song. Maybe the producer will play it for it at the end of the break. Um, smckids.com. So my kid looked at it and said it was kind of cheesy. The cartoons were a little bit lame, so hopefully they work on it and make it better. Obviously, Warren Buffett's going to be tied to it. He should should have it look really good. A couple of other ones that are out there, um, and you can Google some of these names for your kids to go play on the website and give me some feedback. Tell me what your kids think about it. Planet Orange. That's where kids brave the desert, climb the mountains, and dodge alligators while they explore earning, spending, saving, and investing. Celebrity Calamity. Now, this is a game. You Google this one. This is a game that helps players learn about debit and credit cards by managing a budget for a clueless celebrity. So maybe you've got a teenager that's into the Kardashian stuff, which hopefully they're not, but if you do, maybe that's a a good one for them. Now, another one is, um, I think one of the best ones that I saw for younger kids is the Great Piggy Bank Adventure. This is where Disney partnered with T. Rowe Price for a virtual board game, which it lets you pick a goal and save for it by putting coins into piggy banks with different savings rates. And at the end, that you can break your bank to see if you made enough to reach your goal. So check some of those sites out. Those are the best ones that I've seen that are out there, but it's tough. There's not a lot out there. And hopefully, you know, schools and high schools are getting people a little bit more involved because now we went from that personal debt bubble. Now we're having this student debt bubble that you can't go bankrupt on. And you can't go bankrupt on your, your taxes, right? Especially in the first three years that you owe them. So it's becoming an issue. And by the way, a lot of those people that are out there doing self-employed work that are contracting, don't forget, you got to pay 15% FICA right off the top, self-employment tax. So if you're out there saving, you're eight months through the year, you're self-employed, you better get in with a CPA and check what your tax liability is going to be at the end of the year because it may be more than you think. But also for those same self-employed people, if you have kids, hey, you can pay your kids 
and they can use that money to fund a Roth IRA. A couple of things real quick and check these numbers with your CPA, but you don't have to, a kid doesn't, if, if a kid has no other income, they can earn 5,700 bucks. Well, in California, so let me address it specifically in California, because in California, $3,769 a kid can earn under the age of 18. Under the age of 18, they don't have to pay FICA. They don't have to file a tax return if it's under $3,769. So they could actually fund a Roth IRA for the entire amount. Talk a little bit more about that after the break. Get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. Thanks for listening to Money 2.0 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm your host, Chad Burns, Certified Financial Planner. Don't forget, I'm going to be with Rob Black, the morning show host, Toll House in Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel, 6 p.m. on Thursday, September 13th, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, 6 to 9 p.m., be some more d'oeuvres. If you want to get in on the list for free, All you have to do is email me, chad at chadburton.com. Let me know you're listening to the Monday show, and I'll put you on the list for free. If you are 10 years from the point that you're going to be living off of your portfolio or you're in retirement, you don't want to miss it. Everything you need to know, how to pull money out of the market. In other words, how do you set up an income stream from your nest egg? What's the right way to do it? How do you rebalance? How do you get the right mix of income, not only from Social Security, from pensions, other sources, but also how do you... When do you rebalance? When do you pull the gains? And I think that's what we're going for in terms of a question from Ross from Oakland. Ross, how are you? Actually, it's Ron's. Bonds. Okay, so you know, you're, you're worried about in, but never mind that because uh, the, the, the guy who took the phone, he recognized my voice anyway, so I didn't want to argue with him. <laughs> you guys had right, a so conversation. What, Lucky you guys were talking, you know, wasn't too mean at me, so. Uh, what, what what's your question then? Uh, Chad, um, I have this bond, uh, bond, you know, income tax, tax, you know, income funds, uh, mm-hmm. free, free right. tax income fund. Uh, it's a Franklin fund. I don't know if you want the symbol or not. I don't know if that'll help you any. Uh, yeah. Well, you can go ahead and give me the symbol, but okay. what's what's the question? Um, should I take some off the table now or just leave it as it is? It's about like fifteen to twenty percent of my portfolio. Because you say, you know, say what, um, because I heard you've been saying, you know, the interest rate going to rise, maybe, you know, take whatever, don't, you know, don't stick <laughs> it's too a good much point Because a lot of tax-free funds are also at a high. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you started your portfolio and if, you know, what, what was your target for this position? Was it 12% have, of your portfolio and it's now gone to 15% of your overall portfolio? Yeah, um, Chad, this, you know, this thing really grew this year. Um, I had this fund a long time ago. It's, I have this fund long, um, you know, like over 15 years. Yeah. Um, you know, like I say it grew and grew and grew. But then I was wondering, should I take some off the table now? Well, see, the issue is, is that if you are now overweight in your California tax-free exposure from where you set out to be, mm-hmm. like I said, so if you have, you started with 12%, now it's 15% of your portfolio, and now you're looking at your international positions, whether it be bonds or stocks, and you're underweight there, now would be a good time to rebalance your portfolio, especially if it's a long-term gain. Take advantage of the gains, the big gains that we've had in tax-free bonds, and use it to either fund expenses that you have in the next 12 months or to buy into asset classes that you're underweight in. 
if your portfolio is okay and you're not underweight in other asset classes, then I don't think there's a huge push to have to sell that right now because there's not a huge push for interest rates to push up right now. Okay. So keep an eye on interest rates and the 10-year treasury. And if you start seeing that you know, drastically move upward, then yeah, that's the time you want to underweight in bond funds or really shorten up your maturity. But Ross, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. If you want to get your calls in the air, 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Before the break, I was talking a little bit about kids and what if your child's earning money? Again, if they're in California, you know, federal return doesn't technically have to be filed unless your earned income is under 5,700. Um, there are some rules that if you have some unearned income, like if you, you know, have interest on CDs or bonds or, or dividends on stocks, that it's, it's a much lower rate. But if they don't have any other income and they earn $5,700 or less, they don't have to file a federal return. But keep in mind in California, if you earn $3,769 or more, you have to file a return. But a kid could earn that amount of money and still fund a Roth IRA. And when you're under 18, you don't have to pay FICA. So for you self-employed people out there, don't be afraid to, to pay your kids to do jobs, especially if they're under 18. Give them enough money where they can still get a 1099. They might have not have to even file a tax return. Talk to your CPA about it, and they can use that money to fund a Roth IRA. Perfect opportunity to save tax-free money and to get your kids to learn about money. So then what, what would you do? Well, you could do a couple of different things. You could go open up a brokerage account or a Roth IRA for your kid at something like a TD Ameritrade where they can just buy a total stock market ETF. If you want to talk to them about picking stocks that they know about. Maybe they're a kid and they know what Apple stock is. They know what Disney is and they know uh, Wrigley's and all these other things. You know, you could go to something like a foliofn.com. That's F-O-L-I-O-F-N.com and create your own mutual fund out of specific stocks that the child could recognize. That way they can start investing and owning in pieces of company that they might already know about, like McDonald's. It's funny though, because McDonald's, great stock, had a ton of success with it. A little bit spending now, so but uh, my kids won't ever eat at McDonald's. Uh, it's tough; they do, they just don't like fast food, which I'm very very happy about. But but look at that, especially if you're self-employed, about the ability for, to teach your kids to uh, to save money, to invest, be savers. Teach them that golden rule of pay yourself first, save every ten percent of every every dollar that you make. And speaking of that, when you're giving kids allowance, and there's a great article at. Uh, uh, kidsmoney.org on allowance. That's kidsmoney.org on, you know, when you should pay, start paying allowance, how much should you tie it to chores, those types of things that every family struggles with before they implement the idea of allowance. Um, but it's something you, you've, you've got to talk to your kids about. You, you just have to, what was the other thing that I was going to tie? I just lost my train of thought on what I was going to talk about in terms of, uh, in terms of kids. Well, if you've got an idea on what you do for your kids to teach them about money, call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Also wanted to talk today, the other topic I wanted to hit on going from kids, you know, got the school that started, got all the back to school issues, them asking for extra clothing and all the iPods and everything else. It might not happen as often though, but early retirement has also been an issue. Now, sometimes it's been a forced early retirement for people. And when I say early retirement, I'm talking about retiring under the age of 59 and a half. And the big issue with under, being under 59 and a half is you cannot pull money out of your IRAs or f without 
paying a 10% penalty if you're under 59 and a half, unless you'd go through certain avenues or jump through certain hoops. So if you're retiring early, whether or not you're forced into it or not, we're going to talk about a couple of things that you need to know about early retirement coming back after the break. If you want to get your calls in there, 800-516-1220. If you want to go to the Wealth Management Retirement Planning event Thursday, September 13th, shoot me an email, chad at chadburton.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. To the beat, walking down the street in my new freak. Yeah, this is how I roll. Animal print pants out control. AM 1220 KDOW traffic. We're brought to you by Garmin. Chadburton.com or newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the podcast. You can also do that at iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store, go to podcast, and type in Chad Burton. And uh, you can also find out about the event. September 13th, I'm doing it with Rob Black. If you want to get on the list for free at the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. Smells like cookies, and we have hors d'oeuvres and wine. If you want to get on this list for free, uh, email me, chat at chadburton.com. Uh, the thing that I wanted to mention about kids, when we were talking about kids and saving, and I mentioned an article at uh, moneyforkids.org on allowances, but also teach them how to save. And I think the best site for that is prosperity4kids.com, and that's prosperity4kids with the number four. And um, you know, I've had this person on one of my radio shows in the past, and they, she has this piggy bank where it teaches a kid that every dollar that they get, some should be saved for something they want to they, they buy in the, you know, a little ways out. They need to put some away for investing. They can spend some of it. And some goes to charity. So every everything that you give to the kid, it needs to be split among those areas, and it teaches them great money habits. So check that out, prosperityforkids.com with the number four. Also, early retirement issues. This is kind of going to preempt one of the, the next Monday's show. We'll do a lot more on this. Keep this in mind if you're retiring under age 59 and a half. Let's say you're retiring at 55. So many issues. If age 59 and a half, you can get money out of your IRAs, before age 59 and a half without a penalty by doing things like a 72T calculation, which means once you start income and once it's calculated correctly with your financial advisor and a CPA has to be the same substantially equal distributions for five years or till age 59 and a half, whatever is longer. So the calculations can be complicated and you need professionals to do it and you have to stick with it. Otherwise the penalties can be huge. If you get four and a half years into it and you screw up huge penalties, so when you retire under 59 and a half, sometimes it's a good idea to leave some of the money that you're going to need to spend in the next several years in the 401k because most 401ks, if you separate service or retire after age 55, do not have that 10% penalty. So 401ks, most of them age 55. Keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that you have health insurance. Your employer's picking it up more than likely right now. You're going to have to pay for health insurance a huge amount, 500 bucks plus a month in many cases, all the way to age 65. Then you're going to live another 35 years beyond that. So you're probably going to have 45 years of healthcare costs that are inflating at 5 to 6% and living expenses that are inflating at 3 to 4%. Do you really have enough to retire at an early age? The numbers can blow you away. That's one of the reasons why we do this wealth management event because inflation is your boogeyman in, the, in retirement, the other boogeyman is, is timing the market. Timing the market doesn't matter when you're young, but when you're older and you're pulling money out of your portfolio, timing is everything. We also have uncertain tax situations out there at the federal and state level. So taking that risk to cut out early right now when you just barely have enough or you don't really have enough and it's going to force you to retire really young 
and limit your resources when we're going with, along with deleveraging around the world, big issue. You have to know what those issues are. Also, you have to be able to know how to shelter yourself from major market corrections that happen every 10 years or so. We've had a couple in the last decade alone. That's having enough safe money or enough cash. So you got to know where you're going to get your money from on a year-over-year basis, how to avoid the 10% penalties in IRAs for being 59 and a half. What are you going to do with your time as well? It's a lifestyle issue. Those that retire and have no hobbies or no, you know, things they like to volunteer for, they're miserable when they retire young. So make it a lifestyle decision as well. If you have questions or topics on early retirement, that's what we're going to start the next show with on Monday evening. So if you want to get a hold of me, learn more about my money management firm, newfocusfinancial.com or chadburton.com. Go to the same place. Check out some videos there, Rob and myself as well. Next Thursday, September 13th, 6 p.m. Toll House, Las Gatos, or email me for free entry, chad at chadburton.com. Thanks for listening. Please tell a friend about the show.